Kamala Harris says that because of Republicans, it's just too hard for blacks to vote in America. GOP contenders flock to the Iowa State Fair. Plus, Joe Biden is off on another vacation while Hawaii burns. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Kamala Harris because she never ceases to amaze me. Her grasp of incompetency is unmatched. Her ability to cackle for absolutely no reason is legendary. And her skills at creating a word salad would win her top chef awards every time. Well, she's at it again. And this time, she's lamenting the possibility of low black voter turnout in the 2024 elections. Why? Could it be because the top of the Democrat ticket is Joe Biden and Kamala Harris? And no one, black, white, brown, or whatever color, is excited about that. Nope. According to Harris, turnout may be lower in 2024 because it's just too hard to vote. Before I get into specifics, here's Harris talking with Al Sharpton about Biden-Harris accomplishments. And I could go on and on and on. There are many things that I'm proud of that we have done that have been, I think, in many ways, and I say this humbly, that have been transformational for our country. Well, at least she humbly stated her arrogance, right? The fact is that Biden-Harris and the Marxist left are indeed trying to transform this country, but it is not in pursuit of a more perfect union. In reality, their transformation is designed to rip apart the foundations of this country, faith, family, freedom, and patriotism, and replace it with government, complete control over our words, actions, and lives. But Harris wasn't done with her comments. Here, she is talking about the 2024 elections. Are you concerned about turnout, especially among blacks uh, in the election? You hear these polls. Are you concerned about that? I am always concerned about turnout, whatever election we are talking about. Because let us, in a moment where we thank everybody for what they did to turn out in 2020, appreciate that it takes an effort to turn out to vote. I just crack up at Harris' videos. She thinks that packing more words into a statement will make that statement sound more intelligent, but it doesn't. So after that lead-in of appreciation for past voting and recognition that it does take some effort, then Harris talked about how it's just so hard to vote. I'm worried about it because I also know that there has been a lot of effort and laws that have been passed to try and make it more difficult for people to vote. These so-called leaders who are so bold as to unapologetically propose and pass laws to make it more difficult for the American people to vote. The gall. So I do worry. The gall? Let's talk about gall and the real messaging coming from the Democrats. What Harris is upset about is that some new voting laws require a voter ID. Oh my gosh, the world is just coming to an end doesn't matter that you need an ID for everything else in life. For some reason, it's just so hard, so burdensome, so racist to require one for voting. The Democrat arguments not only make no sense, but they also are incredibly racist 
by implying that blacks don't know how to get an ID or that for some reason they need extra help than other people. Here's some reaction for, to Harris from Fox News contributor Joe Concha. She's obviously referring to Georgia, which she and Joe Biden have called Jim Crow 2.0. And if Al Sharpton, he of Tawana Brawley hoax fame, wasn't a Democratic activist and a guy who constantly plays the race card from the bottom of the deck, he would have made a very simple challenge to Ms. Harris's farcical claim. Because in Georgia, since their voting laws were passed in 2021, we've seen record turnouts by a country mile in their last two elections. Those are the numbers. And there have been virtually no complaints of voter suppression or being difficult to vote there, especially by minorities. So this was propaganda in broad daylight. Great comments. What comes out of Harris's mouth and the mouths of other Democrats is pure propaganda. And unfortunately, some people listen. That's why it's so important that we are out there telling people what Kamala Harris's word salads really mean. And you can count on one thing for sure. The closer we get to election day, the more Harris and other Democrats will be playing the race card. All right, next let's talk about the Iowa State Fair. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. The Iowa caucuses are just five months away, and that means that this year's Iowa State Fair, which is going on right now, is attracting many of the GOP contenders. And I just love watching this kind of stuff. I love to see which candidates actually like being around people, actually love doing grassroots activities and being with the voters. And when you go to a fair, you're gonna see all of that. Now, there's so much to cover and so many candidates, so I'm going to give you a little sample of the comments. Here's Florida Governor Ron DeSantis talking about the military. And if you look at our military now, we have the lowest recruiting that we've had since the draft ended after the Vietnam War. And why is that? Well, part of the reason is because the military is indulging in social experimentation, woke ideology, politicization. You have talk about drag queens and pronouns and all this stuff. China is laughing at us when they see this. Uh, th this is not the way you do. So we're gonna get rid of all of that on day one as commander in chief, and we're gonna restore the military mission first, mission first. There is no doubt that the woke ideology is eating away at our military structure. We see it in all parts of society, and it must be stopped. This is classic Marxism, and too many people are not paying attention to what's going on. Next, we have former UN Ambassador Nikki Haley on China. China is our number one national security threat. They have been planning war with us for years, and that's not being dramatic. Look at the infiltration that China has done. They've bought up 400,000 acres of U.S. soil, most recently near Grand Forks Air Force Base. Right here in Iowa, they bought the largest pork producer in the country. If you want to know what they want, they're going after every farmer. Iowans are very good at agribusiness and agriculture and technology. They are stealing seeds from Iowa because China is food insecure. There is no greater threat to the United States of America than China, period. End of story. The establishment in Washington wants to distract people with Russia, 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 but Trump and Haley, to me, are the best ones at articulating the gravity of the China threat. Here's more. We have 
more fentanyl that crossed the border last year that would kill every single American. Number one cause of death for adults 18 to 49, fentanyl. Don't think for a second China doesn't know what they're doing when they send it over. And then you go and you look, they steal $600 billion worth of intellectual property from us every year. But now let's talk about military. China now has the largest naval fleet in the world. They have 350 ships. They'll have 400 in two years. We won't even have 350 in two decades. And they are now the biggest developer of neurostrike weapons. Neurostrike weapons are where they can engineer to change brain activity of military leaders or groups of the population. It's serious stuff. And now we hear there's malware out there. Chinese have put a code in our systems that our government can't find. And basically what it's done is it is in our network systems. So our power grid, our communication systems, and our water supply. I will dive more into the China threat on Wednesday, but that was a pretty good summary. Also at the fair, Vivekananda Swami addressed a number of issues and showed why he keeps climbing in the polls. He's number three nationally, and his following is growing. At the fair, he even showed us his best Eminem impersonation. He's so stagnant, he knows when he goes back to this mobile home, that's when it's back to the lab, and get yoked and so rhapsody, better go capture this moment and hope it don't capture Lose yourself in the music, the moment you own it, you better never let it go, you only get one shot, That's great stuff. And the front runner, former President Trump, was also at the fair on Saturday, mostly mixing and mingling and certainly drawing a crowd. But the GOP frontrunner didn't follow the same fair traditions as his competitors, like flipping pork chops or giving a soapbox speech. Instead, flanked by Secret Service, Trump weaved through crowds of cheering Iowans before turning the steering sign into his own auditorium. You're very special. You're very special to me. And we are going to take care of our country. We are going to take care of Iowa. And you're going to be proud of our country again. As it stands right now in the real clear politics average of national polls, Trump sits at 54.2%, followed by DeSantis at 15.1%, and Ramaswamy at 6.1%. In Iowa, Trump is ahead of DeSantis by an average of 27 points, followed in third by Senator Tim Scott. All right, next let's talk about Joe Biden's response to the devastating fires in Hawaii, or I should say, the lack of response. Biden just finished a long vacation, and then after a few days back in Washington, he was off to the beach again this past weekend. Biden has spent 40% of his presidency on vacation. 40%. And while he bikes along the beach, local residents are doing their part to help in Hawaii. Here's Tulsi Gabbard explaining the local response. Uh, they're standing up and getting support, uh, you know, food, medicals, basic first aid, uh, toiletries, those sorts of things. But they're setting them up in people's yards and their garages, trying to figure out, okay, there's a concern, a serious concern about looting and, and security. They are trying to stand up their own security patrols, walking through the neighborhoods at night. There, there is a feeling, though, that uh, that there, there's not enough communication. They're not, they're not getting word from the county or the state or the federal government or FEMA about what's going on, what's available to them. This is a completely community-driven effort. They are helping each other. They are not, unfortunately, seeing that support coming from the government yet. The death toll keeps rising and people are not hearing from Joe Biden or his administration. What's Biden doing? He's off on another beach vacation. Here's Biden on his bike. 
Mr. President, are you going to take questions on Maui? Can you come talk about Maui? Can you come talk about Maui, Mr. President? So pathetic. The tone deafness is staggering. Again, 40% of Biden's time in office has been spent on vacation. And when asked serious questions, he just gives that grin and bikes off or walks away. Here's Biden on one of those rare occasions when he does give an answer. Actually, it's a reply, not an answer. No, no comment. That's his reply. Then he actually smiles and gets in the vehicle. It's outrageous. And yet this is the ongoing pattern with Biden. He stays hidden, won't comment, and won't act. He never provides actual leadership. The only time he speaks is to blast so-called extreme MAGA Republicans so he can divide the country. Now, when people need help, Biden and his administration are nowhere to be found. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And remember, today's show's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Wednesday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.